This is 358 Health, Fitness and Mindset Podcast, the show that gives you the tools to integrate the principles of a healthy lifestyle into your schedule without having to give up the things that you enjoy in your life. If you want to improve your body and your mind, then 358 is the place to be. Your host, Jack Buffery, is your personal development trainer and creator of the 358 programs. Find out more about 358 and sign up for the free seven-day challenge at www.358fitness.com. Hello, everybody. This is Jack Buffery, and you are listening to the 358 Health, Fitness, and Mindset podcast. Now, today's episode is with Chrissy Stevenson. She's a fantastic running coach, and she uses Zoom to um, actually coach people through their ears whilst they're running, and she is running at the same time. Now, we'll get a bit more into that in a second, but before we do, I just want to say that this episode is brought to you by 358 Thrive. 358 Thrive is the free Facebook group where and it's kind of become the hub, actually, for all the 358 programs. You can basically follow the entire 358 system on there through the modules for absolutely no cost, and that will get your results in itself, but it also offers discounts on other programs. You can ask questions interact directly with myself and with other people, um, and there's other things on there. I do questions of the week. I do motivations. I just post stuff that I think will be helpful to a community who is looking for absolutely uh, straightforward, straight-talking information around health and fitness. If you want to join a group, you just head over to Facebook and search for 3585 and click the join button there. Now, getting on to today's episode, as I said, it's with Chrissy Stevenson and she uses Zoom. Now, Zoom is something everyone has become very familiar with over the lockdown. Um, and she is using it in a way that I think is absolutely genius and it works so, so well. She uses the audio setting to coach people in, uh, in different kinds of runs. So she'll go into the different types that she does soon, but I've actually enjoyed one of these myself, which was the interval running on a Wednesday. It was on a Wednesday evening and what what happens is you basically plug your earphones in, put your phone in your pocket, and on the designated time, she'll start chatting. Now, there's other members running at the same time. Um, they're all muted, and you just hear Chrissy in your ear coaching you through intervals. And because it's done over audio and you're by yourself, it's all down to your own unique um your own unique capabilities so you don't feel stressed out about having to keep up with certain people you just do the best that you can in the time that you're given it's a very very brilliant approach to coaching running and I'm not a runner personally so I don't particularly enjoy running all that often but I really did enjoy this experience with Chrissy we'll get into the specifics of it during the episode this is actually a two-parter so you'll hear different bits over both the episodes because we were speaking for about two and a half hours um, and because it's so long what I will do, I will shut up now and let you just listen to the conversation with myself and Chrissy, and you'll hear all the details you need to know about it. I look forward to uh, hearing your feedback about this episode, guys. But here's a conversation with myself and Chrissy. This is the this is the third time lucky with with us. Um, I think it's only the second time recording though, isn't it? That we we tried yes. it. Yeah, second time recording yeah. lucky. I can't remember on the last one how I tried to get you to introduce yourself because I tried changing up for every guest. So, what I will ask you, how I would ask you to introduce yourself, is how would you do it if um, you were me asking you to introduce yourself for a podcast? Is that the same way I asked it last time? I can't remember. No, I can't remember what you asked me, to be honest. Um, well, let's go with that one then. If you were sitting in my shoes speaking to you, um, how would you introduce you? Um, gosh, in a sentence? As long as you need it to be. <laughs> um, <laughs> that I'm pretty and I am a running coach and who set up the bonkers but brilliant virtual zoom running uh as part of lockdown to help with motivation um i'm struggling with this talking about <laughs> myself is it's weird um yes um to help people with their motivation and um yeah do a lot of online coaching for runners and yeah I'll stop there i know i'm ve- <laughs> that's weird like it's I find strange that as, 
Yeah, it's flipping the tables a little bit, and I don't prepare people for it, so I'm a little bit of an arsehole when I do stuff like that, to be completely honest. But um, it's all good fun. It's all good fun. Um, okay, so you are a running coach who does running online, so I'm guessing a lot of people right now are thinking, well, how the hell does that work? So why don't you um, go over... Um, I think probably the best place to start with that is let's start with um, what you were doing before the whole COVID thing started, how that's kind of evolved to take you to where you are now and how you run what you do now. Um, yeah. No pun intended when okay. I say run what you do, but yeah. And I, it's, it's so difficult when you're talking about running to not use the word run. <laughs> it um, is. It is um, yeah, the background to me and where I was before COVID, it's, um, it's quite a long story. If I give you a brief version, I was in corporate world, um, did lots of sports, and it was on my release from the corporate world, and eventually left corporate when I was 37 um, to then go into coaching because I'd transformed my own running, my own fitness from someone who couldn't run around the block to being able to compete at world-class level at Ironman, in a nutshell. And then from there... Went into coaching very naive um, about how to do marketing, how to set up a business, and I'd worked in big companies uh, all my life up until that point, and then um, was sort of finding my feet, finding my way around, and for me, I qualified in nutrition, qualified as a personal trainer, qualified as a master coach in psychology around sports, um, because you don't know what you don't know kind of thing so like I'd, I'd learned an awful lot through my own training on how you do stuff how you do stuff effectively um i trained with very very a tiny window of spare time um because the hours were stupidly long and equally i was out at the pub a lot of the time so it's like um <laughs> yeah my training had to work um yeah. and so i knew a fair amount about how to take you from rock bottom to pretty top levels um, but that was based on my own experience and you don't know what you don't know. So I got myself qualified. And so with all the qualifications, I was then sort of finding my feet. And for me, the big driver behind what I do is making people feel good. Like mm. that, that is the crux of why I do what I do is that I want people to be happy in themselves to like live a life where they're just, yeah, okay. Not, you're not going to jump out of bed every morning singing. Um, but feeling good in yourself, enjoying it. And for me, the outdoor sports, you know, just very naturally from the sporting background I had, um, outdoor sports, particularly running, are, were the main things. And I was finding my feet in that, setting myself up in that kind of a world. And I was on my way to take a new group out and um, I was cycling over and a guy ran out into the road, knocked me off my bike. And as a result, um, my hip broke. I lost the ability to speak. I lost the ability to see. Um, obviously not permanently, but um, yeah, I couldn't, I could, most of my coaching was outdoors and um, they also said with my hip that um, they wouldn't know for two years whether my leg would stay attached because of how it was broken. I couldn't walk for a very long time. And so physically I was in a terrible place. Wait, um, when, they, when they said, um, when you just say they wasn't sure if your legs could be attached, um, I, I think maybe just elaborate a little bit on that. Oh, right. I like, um, there are some As doctors who, who could do with getting a little bit of bedside manner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was in hospital and it was, I mean, it was, it was properly petrifying. Um, mm. because well, to start off with, I thought I was making a big deal out of nothing. No, I, no, no. Not that I was making a big deal out of nothing. I thought everyone was making a big deal out of nothing. Um, I was just apologising profusely for taking up doctor's time. Um, didn't believe I needed to go to hospital, but they were like, you were unconscious on the road. We need to take you to hospital. Um, you're bleeding profusely. Uh, you need hospital. And mm. <laughs> so so got to hospital and you, know, you go through the system. And um, at... I'd been in hospital for 12 hours, um, you know, waiting and having various doctors look at various things. And um, then they changed shifts. And so I think it was about seven o'clock at night, the evening guys came on 
well, it must have been later than that. So it was under it was under twelve hours because my accident was at eleven o'clock in the morning. So mm. on the eleventh of November, um, and yeah, <laughs> so um, it all stands out in my head quite well. And um, yeah, the doctors changed shifts, and the doctors who came in then um, just went. I don't think they swore. Can't remember, but why the hell isn't she in a head and neck brace? She was unconscious on the road. Um, so then you get put in a head and neck brace and then it all started getting quite scary because I also know of a couple of people who had cycling accidents um, who went to hospital conscious and were conscious for a week but then passed away. So then it's just all of a sudden it became very real, very, very scary that mm. actually what happened, like I had clear liquid coming out my nose, which is... Yeah, there was blood coming out my nose because my nose was broken. There was also a lot of clear liquid, which is sign of things in your brain coming through. Yeah, mm. and it just got quite petrifying. And <laughs> they drew the curtain round and stood the other side of the curtain in the A and E ward and said, um, "I don't know if her leg will stay attached." And I, was, <laughs> I can hear you. I yeah. can hear you. I can, you know, it's a curtain. Mm. Um, and yeah, so they said at that point that they weren't sure if my leg would stay attached. Um, and so just for one, 100% clarification right now, just so everybody is on yeah. exactly the same page, this yeah. in your head and what they're talking about is literally amputating your entire leg from your hip. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what, um, apparently where I broke, when I broke, apparently I keep on being told not to say that, um, the douche who hit me caused the accident, but where my hip broke, <laughs> um, apparently the blood supply is very bad there. So the chance of the two parts of the hip joining back together, um, were far and few between. Um, and obviously if you then, if they didn't fuse back together, you then get all sorts of problems with all your bones. And I, I don't know the ins and outs of it. Um, and so from, from that point on, there was, um, you know, quite a stay in hospital um, because of, you know, I, was, I mean, I was wearing a helmet and my skull didn't crack. So I'm grateful of that. I had a mm. backpack on and my guess is that protected my spine and, you know, came off into my hip broke. Um, and it, it was very strange with the hip. Um, they said that, you know, we just, we just don't know. You'll have to keep coming back for x-rays um, over the next two years so we can see what's going on, um, you know, whether we need to operate again. Um, and, you know, it won't be for another two years whether we will be able to say, yes, the bones have, two parts of the bone have bound back together or not. So, you know, I've got pins in and all the rest of it. And um, you, I think for me, the hip I could then put in a box that, right, I just now have to do absolutely everything I can to optimise my chances mm. of looking after my hip and it improving and it getting better. Um, but the thing that was all very grey was that I kept on being sick and being giddy. And then that goes back to the head injuries, which the people I know who've passed away, um, what they say is that there's your body goes into a state of shock and because of the confusion in your brain, it can induce a heart attack. And mm. it's then the heart attack which kills you, even if you're fit and healthy. And so that for me was all quite scary because they did not know what was going on. Like my hip was a break. It's mm. a broken bone. Okay, you know, obviously... Uh, for those of you who don't know, I haven't had my leg amputated. The, um, that would have been horrendous to deal with, had mm. that come up. Um, but I was very, I don't know if good's the right word, but it's just like, you know, I cannot do anything about what happens in the future. Today, you look after your hip. You do everything mm. you can to look after your recovery. And this is something like some people say, oh, you're so lucky you're so fit before you went into hospital um, because that must have helped your recovery. And I don't think my fitness did insofar as physically. Um, but 
what it did do was make me incredibly determined to do all the stuff that was shit and horrible. Excuse my mm. story. Um, <laughs> That's all right. Um, it, you know, it, it, like, it, was, it was an amazingly tough time. Mm. And to do all the stuff that I needed to do to get myself okay. Whereas, not being funny, if I was someone who sat on a couch all day long and did nothing, would I have been as fussed about getting active again? Like for me, being active, I, I count myself very lucky that I can run and I can walk and I can be outdoors. I, I have done from a very young age. I, I don't know why I consider myself, you know, some people aren't, don't feel grateful for that, but I always have mm. done because I enjoy it. I think, you know, I think it's an amazing gift to be able to go out. Um, and it's so important to me that it was then right, I have to do everything to get myself better or give myself as good a chance to be to get better. Mm. Um, and so the hip thing, um, sorry, this incredibly long way of sorry, talking where I was before COVID. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so two things happened as a result of that. There was um, before my speech went, so my speech went on 1st of January, all my dates are quite set in stone so well, this is two uh, months pretty much two months after the initial accident yeah and, and by this point you're obviously still worried about the the head injury and stuff but by this point did you know i mean that they said you're gonna have to go for two years but I, again i'm just interested about this whole the, the whole leg attachment thing yeah did it take the entire two years for you to know completely that it wasn't going to be amputated or did you know a lot sooner than than that how, how um, long were you in a state of flux for about that? I never let myself consider it. Right, okay. So you weren't uh, told categorically after a few months, no, this is, it's not going to have to be amputated, it will be all right. Um, no, no two of... years was always the deadline. Right, okay. that two-year period, I, I didn't let my head entertain the idea that my leg would be removed. Because okay. I was just like, I think... Like as soon as it happened, I was I've got to manage my headspace for yeah. this. I no longer can do the stuff I love. Um and it's like, you know, I've got to be so careful about how I manage my mind. Um, not only do I need to do the right physical things, but mentally I really have to look after myself because it would as soon if I let myself go mentally. I could crumble. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? It's, um, it's, it's not, you know, I live on my own. And so if you want to go into a dark place, oh, you can let yourself mm. go there. And there's no interruption necessarily to bring you back up and through. And, you know, there's pluses of living on your own minds. You know, I'm not saying one's better for the other. Um, but it was, I think, yeah, it was very much, I know that I've had, you know, for me, my mental health for the label that is all given now, exercise is the thing that gives, people often say, I've got no idea where you get your energy from, where your positivity comes from. It's from the sport I do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like that, you know, that's the reason I do it. And that, that's, it gives, it balances out my world. And I was like, right, that has been swiped away from me. Um, at that point in time, I was part of a big cycling club. So my social life around all the cyclists I was with, all the guys I used to race with, you know, it was a massive part of my life. And obviously, um, that was gone. And mm. you, you, and yeah, managing my mind was a big thing. And so um, I didn't let myself entertain the thoughts that my mm. leg would go and or entertain that, well, what will happen if your leg goes? It's like, right. You know, I, I yeah, you know, had that happened, you, I mean, obviously, I've never been in that situation, it would be horrendous, but you do find resource where you don't understand where that could have come from. You know, mm. it's you have to for yourself, and um, and so for me, it was never, it was never an option, um, but yeah, uh, you know, and that you take. It's like also in the recovery stages, it was um, you've got to pay attention to your progress. So I think that's like for guys who are starting out in sport, it's almost it's similar but different. But, you know, um, 
for me, I wasn't allowed any weight on my left leg, so I was on mm. crutches all the time. And that things like you know, being able to go that bit further on my crutches, I've never done any strength work on my shoulders, but they really got mm. strong um, yeah. when I was recovering. And then it was like, okay, you know, I've got a little shop that's a five-minute walk from where I live. The first time I went up there, it took me an hour and 40 minutes. It was, I was just in so much pain and it was such hard work. And I was coming back down, maybe, yeah, it must be just over five minutes door to door. Um, someone I know had driven past me, seen me struggle and had managed to drive to the bottom of my road, turn around, come back. It was quite a lot of traffic around here. Take them quarter of an hour, 20 minutes, turn around and give me a lift for that last two minutes to my front door because it was just such hard work. Mm. Um, because I didn't have this, the upper body strength for it. And, um, but then it was like, okay, eventually it took, it would take me half an hour, 40 minutes, something like that. And it's just taking those little noticing, okay, that was a bit better than last time. Okay. And mm. yeah, having the faith in, I think where also where I guess I'm slightly fortunate is that I understand how all your biomechanics and how your body works. And so I had, I understood why I was being asked to do what I was told to do. Whereas I think there's a, there's a huge gap missing in a lot of um, consultations where people are just told to go do in medical world, in recovery world, but they're not explained why. And mm. if you don't understand that why, when you're having a rubbish day when you don't want to do it, or you can't find that self-motivation, if you don't understand why and what the point is of doing this exercise that feels thinking pointless, you're going to let it slip. Whereas yeah. I think for me, you know, a slightly fortunate position I was in was I understood what muscles were being worked, why they were being worked, and you know, obviously all the tendons and ligaments were shredded, and you know, and also to manage the recovery process really slowly and to mm. not go ahead of myself. Um, again, you know, understand. And that's the hard part, I think. And I, I remember when we spoke last time before the recording went on and we had to, we had to cover it short, you said, um, I mean, I, I completely agree with you about um, if people think random exercises, that they're arbitrary, they're not going to be, yeah. there's nothing they can relate to it. And I remember you saying that, it was your background from living a healthy, active lifestyle before that that, that gave you probably the, my, the right mindset for approaching your recovery as, as well, because that's just a big part as the physical itself is having the mindset. And I'm sure there are frustrations for you that came along with that, not moving fast enough and things like that, but you understood that what you just had to do was a step at a time as you move forward. Yeah. yeah. And uh, not really funny, crutches are such hard work. If anyone's ever been on them, I'm sure they're empty. And so I was getting a workout just by, you know, being on crutches. And so you, know, you take, you have to, you take little accomplishments like, you know, again, live on my own. So stupid things like for me to get a sit down with a cup of tea is nigh on impossible. Mm. Um, you can't have both your hands on crutches and hold a teacup. Mm. Yeah, uh, but I'm not going to stand by my kettle and drink my cup of tea um, each time I want a cup of tea. So then, you know, just silly things like moving furniture around so that the tea goes from there. You hop along a bit, goes there, but it, and it just felt amazing the first time I sat down with a. Well, I drink coffee, but you know, mm. yeah, first yeah. time I actually managed that, it was like this is incredible. Um, and you know, and you. You have to take those little, what, little wins, but they're huge at the time. Yeah. Um, and um, so there was all of that mess. And um, then what happened at that point was uh, one of my runners contacted me and I was supposed to be running with her. This is actually on the day I went into hospital. And no, it was the morning after. It was after I'd come around for my operation. And she, she said to me, oh, incredibly sorry I can't make training tomorrow and it, you know, of course everything had been going bananas thinking what my diary was looking like wasn't number one mm, of course. at that point in time mm. and um and she and I was just like oh my word what do I do I'm you know I'm now self-employed for the first time in my life so you know no sick pay no way to pay my mortgage you know what do I do and I was so early on into self-employment I didn't have 
I couldn't have had income insurance, income coverage because my income was all over the shop. Um, I was just like, I've got no money. I've got no income and I've got no, there's no dates that they can give me as to when I can start again. Um, Hold on a bit. So how, when you get this phone call, so that's one day after your operation and, and how long after the accident was this? So that was a, a day later. So my, um, yeah, right. had the, okay. had the accident and they operated on me first thing the next morning. And then the phone call from my runner was that afternoon and my brain just went, Oh, woo, well, yeah. yuck, 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 yuck. And it, um, and I was just like, what do I do? And so I said to, well, one option I said, to you, uh, actually, I, nor can I, I'm in hospital at the moment. Um, and, um, and you know, she's an incredibly lovely lady. And I said, said to her, well, one thing we could do is I provide you with the plans with exactly what you, running you need to do um, to improve your running, like what strength work you need to do, what flexibility work you need to do. Um, and but also what I'll do is I'll, we'll keep catching up to make sure that you're actually doing it. And actually that means that every day of the week, you've got a set plan for what you do um, and you know I'm going to check up on you. I can't believe you're lying in hospital with your leg damn near hanging off, saying to someone how you're going to carry on training them and coaching them through. But the thing is, I guess even that was, it, it probably helped bring a little bit of normality back into your life to get oh. away from all the scary shit that was happening at that point. Massively. So, yeah. Massively. I mean, that, um, that was something actually, yeah, my family are amazing. They're lo lovely, incredible people. And I stayed mm. with my parents for when I first got out of hospital for five days, I think it was. And they would have had me there until I was okay again. But I didn't want the fuss. Mm. I didn't, I did, wasn't, you know, they, they're not fussy people, but I didn't want someone looking after me um, because everything was so scary. If then all I do is sit on a couch and someone brings me food, brings, yeah, where does the motivation come from? So like you were saying, it's that bit of normality. I had to come back to where I live and be on my own to get that sense of self again, that mm. sense of, right, there's purpose to me fighting. Um, like I want to get a cup of coffee and, mm. um, you know, and it is important. You've got to find when when things are going crazily bad, you've got to find stuff to hone in on and know that, yeah, I'm all right as a person. This is cool. This is cool. Like I can, I can still do stuff, not very much stuff, but I can still do some. And, mm. and so that was, that was important to me. And then with this runner that I spoke to, she, uh, I, if I could have left the hospital and run and kissed her, I would have done she said, Chrissy, at the end of the day, I am German. All I need is instruction. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. What was made my Christmases? And, um, yeah, which was then phenomenal. And, um, yeah, it was just what I needed when things were just falling apart. Everything, mm. yeah, it just went from one news story to the next, to the next, to the next, and they were getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And you, yeah, I won't go into it all, but you know, it, got, it got incredibly tough. Um, and, um, you know, so those, those things were, you know, silly, I mean, I might have mentioned this to you before, I can't remember, but, you know, that whole taking nuggets from places, in the hospital with me, there were three ladies came in at the same time as me within the same 24 hour period. And there was a 60, late 60s, one who was in her late 60s, uh, one who was 88, one who was 96. And there were also two women in there who were mid 50s. And the two women who, be, who were mid 50s had been in there for over three months. And it was so hard to see because they were their days consisted of them being hoisted out of their beds into a chair and then at some point hoisted from the chair back to their bed and that was their entire day and that's how mm. they've been living for months because 
Um, not, not because, obviously I do not know the full ins and outs of the medicals, so there could be an awful lot more going on with them. Um, but we were on broken hip ward, unsurprisingly, broken hip ward, generally little old ladies. And, but the three women who came in at the same time as me, I was the last one to leave because of the head injuries um, or concerns over what was going on there. Um, and they were all so, so active outside of hospital life. Um, mm. and, and we had fun. We laughed together. You know, they were telling me, the 88-year-old would tell me about how so-and-so, I can't remember his name now, but there's a guy that she would always have a cheeky wink at on the bus on the way home. And you know, there was another one who went dancing still. And for me, the 96-year-old, oh, she's a phenomenal woman. She was still dancing every week. And I'm like, you're 96. And she was so full of love and enthusiasm and life. And the three who came in at the same time as me wanted to get out and go back to their lives outside of hospital. Mm. Um, and the two ladies who had been in there a while, you know, that was all that happened day to day. You're, it's going to kill your soul. And mm. you... They were very overweight, and this isn't a, uh, you know, people can be any shape or size as far as I'm concerned, as long as you're happy mm. in yourself. Um, I don't, but they didn't have the love for life that the other ladies did. And for me, it's that 96-year-old, all she's done in life is keep taking choices to keep herself active. Do you know what I mean? To keep mm. looking after herself, keep having that social life, keep moving. and yeah just the vibrancy that she talks about life with it, it i almost wish everyone had had like a little window into that hospital ward i was just say you know your choice today takes you a step that way or it takes you a step that way mm. it, and it is your choice you know things may be harder for you or you believe they are harder than they are for someone else but my money's on you know that person will have had tough bits to get you know if that's the sort of happy path and that's the less happy part yeah mm. people have actively made the choice and the decision to do the things that may feel tough that they may not want to do but that they know will develop their lives develop their happiness what have you um and it's you know it's not easy um mm. and it's almost like i wish people had a little window on that just to say yeah you, know, you couldn't be more stark in the way your life can Mm. just that way that way and it's almost like accepting your fate kind of thing which which way are you going to go and you know like you say neither of us know the the other lady's full stories it could be anything but the fact of the matter is is that it um it it provided you with a stark contrast at the time that you could you know that they thought reinforced you to and you know you could see that difference and it's it has made an impact on the way you view things. Um, and it, it's quite easy to, it's quite easy for the listeners, I'm guessing, to see a stark contrast in their heads to paint that picture and, and paint what the difference would be between someone who can kind of just accept their fate and then someone who's got the lust for life and what wants to carry on doing other things. You've got to work out which side of things you're on if something like that ever to, were to happen. Yeah, massively, massively. And it's, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I I do not believe anybody goes, I don't know, becomes incredibly unhealthy or whatever it is by, you know, on purpose. Mm. You know, it, it just, it can just slip by bit by bit by bit, but it's that catching yourself before it becomes a problem or catching yourself where you are now and just shifting gear back to one or, you know, on the path to one that you want to be on. And if you mm. don't want to be healthy, that's cool. You know, you don't have to be healthy. Mm. <laughs> me the driver is trying to make people enjoy their lives more and all the rest of it um, mm. um yes so that in a very long story took me to coaching online and then and also understanding how effective it can be because like the people that i see face to face i'd see them once a week and then they crack on with the rest of their world um whereas with the online plans yeah, I'm not going to be there with you physically, but you, know, you can 
you know what you should be doing each other. And mm. often, but an awful lot of people, um, I don't know how much it happens with the gym. I think it happens a bit as well. Um, but certainly with a, quite a few of the runners, it's a case of they let themselves procrastinate. And as soon as that procrastination button kicks in, it's game over. They'll mm-hmm. say, oh, too busy, can't do it, can't do it. You know, whereas it's like, right, crystal clear. Today you're going to do exactly this. All you've got to do is put on your trainers and get out the door, which mm. sometimes is a hard thing in itself. But um, so that side, so the online stuff evolved, and I was pleasantly surprised at how well it worked. And um, and also, eventually, I learned to walk again, and eventually started jogging again. And um, so, what, what's the time frame for this? So you, you say eventually. What's the time frame from um, from the, the day after when you're giving a lady this plan, you're, you're training people online, you learn to walk, yeah. start to jog. What, what's the timeline between that and, and, and now? And yeah, how's yeah. this all playing yeah. out? So um, I, I wasn't allowed any weight on my leg. I can't remember all the time scales. I wasn't allowed any weight on my leg for three months. And mm. then I could touch, I still had to be on crutches, but I could touch weight down after that. I think it was six months on crutches. And then starting to learn to walk again, starting to put more weight on it. Um, like, as soon as you put weight on something, you are sending blood through it, um, mm. which helps the recovery. Um, yeah, the blood flow does. And so I think that was my time scales. Uh, I can't honestly remember how long it was from accident until I first jogged. Um, the whole accident was four years ago now. Is it four mm. years? It'll be four years in November. Um, and then yeah when people saw me knew that i was running again people then asked could i teach them like people who were complete beginners because they really understood that i'd started from nothing like i i had told people in the past you know i understand what it's like to be to be a beginner because i didn't start to run until i was 28ish i think something mm-hmm. like that yeah and i was incredible yeah, I was awful at it. It's absolutely terrible. Um, and then I learned how to train properly and then it became a lot easier mm-hmm. <laughs> and I became a lot better at it. Um, but people had met before my accident, people had met me when I was racing. And so they had this, I think they had a perception that I didn't understand what it's like to start. And I think probably people now don't think I don't understand what it's like to race. <laughs> you know, it's, mm-hmm. um, but it's, um, yeah, we start. So basically, what I started was some walk to run groups, which um, were, have been amazing. They're like, they were brilliant. And again, it's that whole thing. So I'm based over in Richmond, Southwest London. And so I had the groups there. And so it's all about, you know, for me, again, it's what it does to people's headspace. You know, people just, people call it the running bargain, runners high. And I've done all sorts of sports in my life. I don't find that there's anything quite like running uh, for clearing your head and making you feel good. And for an awful lot of runners, I think they feel awful whilst they're running. And then um, afterwards, they um, are more than happy. Um, it's funny, I had that exact same conversation with a um, with someone yesterday i think it was another podcast okay. podcast guest about just generally working out like you may hate it before you start you may hate it while you're doing it but afterwards you wouldn't have it any other way it's, yep. it's, no, it's exactly. always the same mm. but it's i find i still find it weird like how mentally we can put this block on doing something that actually we enjoy mm. and we put this block on something that is good for us but I think it's possibly because before we exercise, you know, if you're a first thing in the morning person, your body is used to sleep and rest. And so mentally, the thought of going to exercise is too big a jump. Um, and like if you were out running to think, oh, I'm going to curl down and have a sleep right now, would just be a bit bizarre for your brain to mm-hmm. um, It's, And I think that could be it, that you're you're mentally taking yourself from such a rest period to hard work that it's too much of a disparity. Mm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I find it, I know very few people who don't go through that, who don't have that. I think it's probably largely to do with, um, with your sense of gratification, whether you, you understand immediate gratification, delayed gratification, because the, mm. 
I mean, with the runners high, I guess that's actually quite a, a little bit more unique in terms of working out because <clears throat> if you know you're going to get that, that's um, slightly more immediate than if you're in the gym and you want to, you know, lose some weight or put on some muscle. That's going to take longer. But going yeah. out and get a, a runners high can be a bit quicker. But either way, at the mo at that particular moment in time, you're like. I can either get up now, go for a run, which is going to be effort and I'm not going to feel great straight away. Or I can sit down, have a cup of coffee and, uh, you know, and a croissant and yep. I can have that happiness straight away. And it, yeah. it's understanding that the, one will make you feel good at the moment, but probably not so good in the long run. The other one's going to make you feel good in the long run and for yeah. much longer as well. Um, it's it's just a case of when people get started, I think. But sorry, yeah, I interrupted Massively. you. So, um, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's fascinating. Mm. You know, I think it, it's. I mean, human psychology is. I'm hugely interested in it. It's um, and it you know it it it, it impacts on so much of your life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, I, I think we would all like to unmuddle our brains sometimes, and it's. Um, mm. I don't think. Uh, I think someone would be lying if they don't have an argument in their own head every now and then. Oh, um, God, yeah, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, oh, I've already had five. Um, <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, let's, um, let, let's bring things up to, so where are we up to now on the top? So instead of yeah, asking... so we did walk to, so I was doing coaching online for people who already run, and then we, and I started walk to run groups. And, and how long ago was this, the walk to run so groups? How long ago that did you was, would have been about a year and a half ago now, maybe two years ago. So this like is that. past the point then where you've had the two year all clear thing about your leg. No, so I haven't right. had the all clear by then. Um, right, okay. Now, again, going back to what I believe I understand and so far it's worked, um, mm -hmm. is things like when you put pressure on your foot when you tread down you're sending blood flushing through your bones which yeah. then helps send all the nutrients that your bone needs to recover to rebuild and if you don't actually put pressure on your bones you'll actually start weakening them so you know um, I think science has moved along from 20-30 years ago where you, know, you now understand I mean I think you do quite a lot of strength training but actually the older you get that strength training is important for your bone health Mm. Um, as well, as much as your muscle health and you know when you run it's something that you put something like five or six times your body weight through your joints mm. and so I didn't my first run I did not go out for a half marathon um one I wasn't fit enough to but also uh, you know I'm not naive enough about how your body works so like the first time I went out god knows what I did I think it was I probably ran for five jogged be a better expression mm. five minutes at most and i waited 48 hours to make sure that nothing hurts that it was okay um and then absolutely everything was fine and then it's like carry on you know and then just built myself up very very gradually and this is before the two-year window ended um because what i was doing i understood would not damage or put my leg at risk at that point i was they were comfy with me walking on it um, so they're comfy with enough pressure going through. Um, it was then making sure I was doing all the strength work to, because obviously all the tendons are in a mess, all the ligaments are in a mess, the muscle groups are in a mess, you know, to give the best chance of holding my bones in the right place. Um, and equally, psychologically, it was important for me. Um, mm. And so, so yeah, I was, I was, running before that two-year window finished um and um and the walk to run groups had started within that time um and yeah then of course we go to covid and um which was then when so walk to run groups obviously get cancelled because it's all face-to-face -face stuff and for an awful lot of my online runners, a lot of people that I was coaching were gearing up for marathons, which obviously all they they all got cancelled. So yes, again, business just goes disappears. Mm. Um, and you know, some people were concerned about incomes or the rest of it. Um, but the guys who stayed with me, um, what we were doing to start off with was they had their plans, and then we'd catch up over Zoom. The guys in group programs would do it on a group basis. My one-to-ones would continue as I looked after them originally. And some of the guys in the group program were just saying, I'm just struggling 
to keep going when I'm out. And would there be any way that you could start, we could try doing this over Zoom? So you run and coach and we run whilst you're coaching us. And I was like, I don't know if this will work. But, you know, one, one of my things, like with my recovery, like when I started running again, unless you try within being sensible, how are you going to know if it works or not? Mm. And, um, or, yeah, in my recovery, I was being told by all sorts of people that I should be sitting my ass doing nothing. I was like, well, what good's that going to do me? You know, I'm going to do things that have got very little chance of damaging my body. And if it works, it works. You know, um, mm. And I think, you know, too many people t are rubbish at taking action because they're worried about the what ifs. And it's like, what if it works? That you, you're like you've got to channel your mind on what if it works, mm. not what if it goes wrong. We're very good at about thinking about what if it goes wrong. It's like no, no, hone in on what if it works. I like that. Just flipping the script completely, and and yeah, just looking at something from a different 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 angle. Oh, massively, mm. massively, and and you know, like, and it's always you know, do it with a sensible head on. It's like if it does go wrong, what is the worst that happens? Can I manage that bad consequence? And if it is horrendous for you then please don't you know like if you're mm. going to do something that could end up leave you bankrupt then don't do that um unless you're happy to go bankrupt of course but you know it's you've got to got to look at it and so we gave it a try and the first time we did it we did it with everyone linked with video on and oh they were buzzing they were all my runners just over the moon over the moon and and it we decided at that point, video was just a stupid idea because everyone needs to look where they're running. Mm. Um, you, you can't look at a video while you're running. And um, so the next week, we tried just with audio, without video on, and it just works so well. And silly things like there's a guy, a couple of guys, there's a guy who's an ex-pro rugby player who started coming out with me. And he's said, you know, one thing he's really rubbish in, Doing, which I think a million runners are rubbish at doing, is stretching. And what we do on the Zoom runs is I, I'm coaching over audio. I'm, I'm running at the same time as well, which I think makes a big difference. So people, you hear me getting out of breath. You're mm. here if a bird is flying past me, you know. Um, and which people say, you know, they know it's real. They say that because of that, it feels like I'm running next to them. Um, and which may sound awful to you, but people seem to like it. Um, and um, the, but there's that like this pro rugby player, ex pro, he was saying that for him, he knows he should stretch, but he just doesn't get around to doing it. So, what we do on the Zoom runs is we start with a really, really gentle jog. And I'm telling you what effort level you should be at. Um, and some prompts on your body. Like, I don't know if you can notice, but my shoulders are quite hunched over at the moment. I'm terrible about doing that. And so remind your people to roll your shoulders back so your lungs are open, so you can get oxygen into your lungs. Then also it will help your spine alignment, so it will help with your lower back, you know, making sure your pelvis is in the right position. And just starting off with a really gentle, nice, you know, it's fun. It's like, it's, I want people to enjoy it. Mm. And, um, and we do that gentle jog. Then we go into some stretches. And of course, there are right and wrong ways to stretch. So I'm talking you through the right stretches to be doing to help your joints, to help your muscles. And then we go into the main set of the run. And I do two different runs. And then we cool down at the end. And so do stretching at the end as well. For anyone who wants to run for longer, they can go and run for longer. But those who are ready to stretch, join in with the stretches at the end. And it's, I mean, yeah. It's blown my mind, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, it's been it's been incredible. It's it's so effective. Um, which sort of when I think about it now, it's like, well, of course it is. But before I started it, just like you know, and what's what's nice is like we've had um, there's a guy which you might not know because you're not like linked in the running world. There's a guy called Tom Bedford who. He's um, an incredibly quick runner. Um, he does a 2.19 marathon. And he's been wow. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, oh, yes. Yeah. So if any of you listeners don't know anything about marathon running, if you get a three-hour marathon, you are then 
automatically qualified with a place in the London Marathon. So that's, it's hard to get. Not many people get it. That's sort of like the golden of the gold for lads. I think it's 320 for women. Um, you know, to be able to run that quickly is phenomenal. Tom's a 219 marathon runner. So he's That's just insane. like, oh. mm. yeah. yeah, yeah. So the world record at the moment is just shy of two hours. Um, I, he, he's phenomenal. And then I've got another guy called Ollie who he said that his problem is he runs and he just loses motivation, but he doesn't want to go to a running club because he just feels too intimidated by the other runners. They were on the same Zoom run mm. and both of them linked in and they were actually both in the same park. They don't know each other. They didn't know each other were on the same run. Um, and because I do it on effort level, on how your posture should be, how you should be feeling, you know, I, the, I do a lot of the most effective way to train in running is on your heart rate or effort levels, um, not on speed. Your speed comes off the back of running at the right effort. And you know, there are things you can do around your strength and flexibility as well. But when you're actually running, run to effort or to heart rate, and then you're running jumps. Um, and so all the coaching I'm doing is on heart rate and effort, which means someone like Tom can run and hit the right training zones. And so can someone like Ollie, who's start slightly earlier in his journey. Um, and still get the massive leaps in their running. I, you know, I've got, it's been incredible. Last weekend was, um, there were quite a lot of running events going on virtually, and there was one big live one, which was amazing, um, happening. All the Zoom runners who did it have completely swiped their PBs. You know, one guy, he's 51, and he's got a 10K result that he didn't even achieve when he was 20. And, he's, mm. you know, and he was a bit, 20 year old he wasn't a sit on his ass 20 year old mm. yeah and it's it's because they're doing the right training and they're turning up um and we do two sessions we've got a, a wednesday one which is all about intervals and then monday mornings is more about getting you up and out and in the fresh air so i call it a monday morning chatty run and so we're either talking about technique at that point or we're going into i have guest runners on who um are interesting for what mm. um so people who run with me who will help you set your week up well you know so like on monday i've got someone who's um she's a business coach but she's really into psychology so it's all about how do you start your week right what routines can you get into you how do you manage your mind so my aim being that when they finish on the monday they feel great and they're ready to start their work week and mm. uh, and, and take it on well rather than um you know, have that buzz for an hour and then go, mm. what now? Um, what, what I really, and I think I said this to you last time, what I really, really love about how you run it is, for example, this guy Tom could be running with um, the other guy. Yeah. And the, the reason this works so well is because in real life, them two would not be running side by side. But the dual okay. format, they essentially are running side by side. They're in each other's ear. They're running yep. for the same amount of time at the same amount of effort relative to their capabilities. Um, although Tom may do, by the sounds of it, probably about 50K while the other guy does, <laughs> um, while the other guy just has five or whatever. Um, yeah. And, and yet they're, they're still able to converse and they're still able to G her up. And, and like I said, you can't do that in person. So what you've done isn't just inclusive, it's more inclusive than what was happening before, even though it's online. And I, I think that just, it, it's such a phenomenal model. I, I, yeah, I, I can't say enough yeah. how, how great that, that is. No, I, 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 I love it. Like, and it's just, I mean, I might have mentioned this to you before. It's, um, it, I'm just over the moon. Like when I finish them, my phone is full of messages from people just going shit thank you like i feel amazing which for me is the driver you know it's like i want people to feel good i want people to enjoy it and um you know when when there were talks about lockdown easing um you know way back when um people were saying oh are you going to start up your old groups and i was like this works so well mm. so so well and also you know it's things like um, a couple of the guys have been abroad. They can do it when they're on holiday, you know, if you want to. Mm. But 
you know, I've had a guy from Australia join. I've had a guy from Germany join. Um, you know, there's, I'm, I'm, I can't remember if I told you this. They, I've got a Russian friend who wants his running friends to join in so that they can learn English better because I do not speak English perfectly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a bit of a push. Let's do that on stage <laughs> two of the model. Um, but it, yeah, I, from maybe week three, I was like, this is staying, mm. regardless of what I do in my business, regardless of how COVID changes the world, Zoom run stays. It's, it's a thing. Um, because it's yeah, there's something very magical about it. It's really cool. It's really really cool. So um, th th there's a couple of things now I'd like to chat to you about. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think of the best orders to ask you in. In fact, what, what I'm going to do first is ask you because we're talking about the Zoom runs now. What I'm going to mm -hmm. ask you is, um, you know, running is a low barrier to entry. All you need is mm -hmm. a little bit of willpower and a pair of legs that can do stuff. Um, what would you say to someone, uh, first of all, how, how, can you explain how, um, your new model is good for a complete beginner? Yeah. Um, so I think for, for anyone who's starting out, there's, which we sort of mentioned before is I'll prompt you on what effort you should be at. Mm. And so if you should be running, you know, when we do the jogs, it's like you want to be at an effort of six out of 10. And I tell you that, and I remind you that. And I also remind you of your posture elements. So, you know, obviously I'm qualified as a PT and it's often forgotten about, okay, when you're running, there's so much going on in your biomechanics mm. that actually if you just make tiny tweaks to it, can be the difference between you hurting your lower back and actually running injury free mm. and there are there are ways to run that make it a lot easier so like on the monday mornings i do a lot of prompting around how on your running technique to make it easier for you you know it will either mean that you run quicker or you run further or it's just a whole lot easier to do what you're doing mm. and um yeah very much so if you are just starting out so like on the interval session i've got one gentleman who joined who just finished a whole load of physio and so he wasn't allowed to run properly at that point when he rejoined so he was using the interval session on wednesdays to do his jog walks so he would jog when we were doing the hard efforts and then walk when we were doing the recoveries and mm. you know again that was the, his equivalent of my eight out of ten uh, where some guys are sort of close, getting closer to a sprint pace, you know, strong, quick 5K pace uh, at the 8 out of 10. And, um, you know, you then just dip down. But I'm reminding you about how to breathe, how to, like, again, I'm doing it with my shoulders. This is probably why I prompt it so much is because my posture is so awkward. <laughs> um, is um, reminding people, like, when we go into the recovery, to roll your shoulders back, to open your lungs up. And what's been quite interesting quite a few of the guys even people who i coached um in the past what they've said is what i tell them when they're then out on their other runs you know, i don't they can hear me saying it they can hear me prompting it and so it's just correcting their form when they're out on their own as well um mm. which again you know like if you land on your legs if you notice that your right leg lands more heavily than your left it's an indication that you've got some muscle imbalances on going on. And then it's a case of, right, try and land evenly. And if you're not landing evenly, this is the kind of thing you can do to sort that out. And, you know, those muscle imbalances generally are, you know, if, an awful lot of people um, say running is bad for you, bad for your knees. It's, it's not, it's an indication that your posture is wrong. Yeah. Um, it's just, show you know i've got a broken hip well had a broken hip i haven't had a single injury due to running um you know and my biomechanics are messed up but mm. i've done the, the right things to, because you know, it just highlights how your alignment patterns you know if something hurts when you run it's a good flag for want of a better reason that something is wrong with your your alignment in day-to-day -day life yeah and right let's get that sorted and you know obviously 
you know, it might be a case that you need to pause the running because you don't want to put that pressure on until you've corrected yourself. But um, certainly with, with all the Zoom runs, it's you go at your pace. And the other thing with beginners is you can run wherever you're comfortable with. You know, if you've got a treadmill at home, you can run on a treadmill at home and listen to what I'm saying to you. Uh, if you are, there's also that element where you don't have the faff of needing to drive to the club or mm. whoever but there's there's i mean for me i think the big thing is it takes all the intimidation away you yeah. don't have to be worried about people who all start with you and then all of a sudden someone's already run off like tom and done a half marathon before you've even laced your shoe that done mm. yeah. um and um yeah like the running community is hugely friendly and supportive and i think you know if ever you turn up to an event even with you know well even with Tom. Tom is lovely. He's one of the nicest people <laughs> on the planet. Um, but, you know, no one, and I think most people know this, that if they turned out, everyone would be really friendly and really lovely. But there is still that fear, and it just means that you can just go at the pace mm. that's you um, and equally see yourself develop. I've got, uh, one of my complete beginners was doing it, and she's now, hopefully, doing a 10k this weekend which is phenomenal that's she's, amazing mm. oh it's incredible you know so, so she started with me in was it february or, was it january this year it's either january or february so she'd started in my beginner group walked run and i don't think she'll mind me saying this yeah she was shuffling that's that's the best way to describe and but she stuck with the Zoom runs, mm. loves them, and you know she's always like, "Oh my word, blah blah blah." Yeah, and it, it's really cool. It's really cool. Um, you know, and it, for me, it's also the whole knock-on on people's lives and all the rest of it, on them feeling good in themselves and mm. having the energy to do stuff and all the rest of it. So, so I, I eat. I do not. I don't tend to cater for complete, complete beginners, though. This mm. is. Uh, by all means you're welcome to come and try like the way the way i set it up is that you you try and then if you like it you sign up mm. and that's you know you know, i'm not going to get you to sign up for a month and then say oh sorry you didn't like it um because it, i mean it's a bizarre concept as well but um i think it's it's probably suits people best who've got an element of fitness not you don't need to be super fit just mm. an element in there um but who struggle to keep going on their own when, you know, the sort of people who are starting out are the people who struggle to keep going on their own. Um, I, yeah, but then on the other hand, I have had this girl, Sarah, with me, who I would put in the complete beginner bracket, and mm. she's done brilliantly, so. I, th I think the important thing for people to realise is that, it, it's what you said earlier on, is that, um, you go to your level and um for instance i feel sorry for this tom i keep on keep on using his example now, but, but <laughs> no, his level I'll six <laughs> yeah i mean his level six would be so much more than what my level six would be but it's still our levels and because we're not running side by side there is no difference and we can still chat yeah. to each other and stuff like that so no matter where you're at you just go to that level and it could be walking for christ's sake it doesn't oh, matter it's just, yeah you're just out you're getting a fresh air you're you're walking you're making the the connections to the ground i mean biomechanically probably i don't know maybe go back to dinosaur times it might be different but biomechanically mm -hmm. we are the best evolution of runners that has ever existed on the planet we are built to run we used to injure our prey and then run them down to yeah. to get our food it is what yeah. we are built for we've just forgotten how to do it and bringing yourself back around to that is i think it is amazing it is something i should do to be honest but i've, I've i think i told you before i've never run more than 5k so perhaps i should get my ass into gear and, yeah i do know what you're selling me you're selling me i think i'm not even doing it um, and I mean, and this is, I mean, I mean, for me also, it's like, I don't, I don't mind in the slightest, whether you're a 2k runner, mm. an ultra marathon runner, you know, all just on this journey. And just like, for me at the moment, I've probably gone backwards in the past month, but like, I, I don't mind that. Like my fitness 
goes in waves. Um, mm. But I also know that my fitness goes in waves that start at this kind of a level, mm. whereas 15 years ago, I was going at a wave down there. And, you know, and I mean, 10 years ago, I was going in waves up there. <laughs> but, so this is a perfect segue into the other question that I wanted okay. to ask you. So yeah. um, you're... Obviously, you had a very traumatic and crazy experience with an accident that not many mm -hmm. people may be able to relate to. Yeah. That being said, um, last time we spoke, you mentioned something that a lot more people would be able to relate to. And it is another barrier you had before, um, you know, before you had started running properly. So um, it involved leaving your, um, I can't remember if it was a family member's or a friend's house now, and saying you were going for a run. And this is a barrier that I think a lot more people might be able to think, oh, hold on a minute, and identify with, and, and before yep. you became superhuman. So if we could just, um, <laughs> yeah, if we could go down that, that Well, yeah, <laughs> that, um, superhuman. This is like one, everyone needs to get their head round, anyone can mm. do anything. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to leave that there for this week and we will continue the conversation next week. I hope this has whetted your appetite for what is to come because we go more into the challenges that Chrissy faced that weren't quite so dramatic, but they can be a lot more relatable to maybe how everyone else has felt. And that's not feeling in a good fitness place or just not having motivation to get started. And that is the sort of stuff we do cover as well as much, much more. Now, if you like this episode, I'd be very appreciative if you could leave a five-star review and subscribe because it helps get the message out to more people. And while you're at it on the old interwebs, why not check out Chris's stuff that you can find in the show notes, give her a follow, and perhaps even give one of her Zoom runs a trial. Trust me, you won't regret it. And like I said before, and we have talked about it, it's all self-paced. Um, I personally really enjoyed it myself and couldn't recommend it highly enough. Um, that is all from us this week, guys. I hope you have a fantastic week and live well. Bye-bye.